Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. And then after you're done greeting and meeting, would you find this passage of Scripture in your own Bible? Turn to there. I'll give you a minute to, to find this passage. It's Luke 5. It's just two verses, but um, I'm going to argue that they're pretty important verses, especially for what we're studying today, which is stewardship of our time. So find it, open up your Bible. Um, we have Bibles on the tables. Some of you have Bibles um, that you've brought from home, which is really cool. Some of you have the Bible apps. All are great. All have the Word of God on them. And this particular passage um, is talking about Jesus. Just two verses, and so I'm going to read them twice. Luke 5, <clears throat> it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then find the fifth chapter, starting in verse 15, it says this. Talking about Jesus, it says, The news about him was spreading even further. So everybody say famous. Jesus is getting very famous. The news about him is spreading even further. Large crowds were gathering to hear him. And he was doing important things. It says, to be healed of their sicknesses. In verse 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and to pray. In just two verses, but something very important here. We're going to talk about stewarding our time and technology today. And here Jesus is very famous. Large crowds coming to hear him, coming to see him, and he's doing very important work. He is healing them. He's pastoring them. He's, he's teaching them, other passages say. And here, this passage says he's healing them of their sickness. But, verse 16 says, But Jesus himself would often slip away into the wilderness and to pray. The wilderness is the desert. Go off by himself. We don't know how long, whether it was a morning or a whole day or a week or what that time looked like. It's not specific, but it's, it's, you see the contrast here. Jesus is so busy and he's famous and large crowds are coming to see him and yet he finds time to slip away to pray to the Father. Let's do the same right now. God, we come before you and we thank you, Father, that you've created us in your image, that you've created us as stewards and by the power of um, the Holy Spirit who lives and breathes inside of us, God, we have the ability to come to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. We have the ability to, to see our sins forgiven by your blood that you shed on the cross. And Lord, would you encourage us, even convict us today, to steward our time, our technology well. That's the topic this morning. So, Father, we love you. We praise your holy name. And everybody said, Amen. Welcome to Sunday School. Uh, we're talking about stewardship I want to begin with a story of me thinking um, how awesome this summer was going to be. I was going to camp and how much time I thought I was going to have and how much time I really didn't have. Back in the day, this is like circa 2002, I had a sweet van that looked like that. I bought it specifically for this purpose of... Um, so to some of you, this is going to sound really, really cool. What I'm about to say, some of you, this is going to sound like the stupidest thing you can imagine doing. But me and two friends decided, me and two other friends, so three of us decided, uh, let's go traveling like the whole summer. We ended up going to Nepal, Tibet, Thailand, Bangladesh for like three months. And, and we had to save up money to do that. That takes a lot of money. So our plan was we're going to go to Vail 
and work the whole summer, uh, work the beginning of the summer, work for uh, two or three months and then travel for two months. It ended up being like two and two when, when all said was all said and done. But we decided, let's go to Vail and work construction. All of us were, we could work construction. And we didn't want to waste money on expensive place to live in Vail. Vail's pretty expensive to live. So we thought, I had this great idea. We'll just go to Vail. We'll have a van down by the river We'll camp in it and have some tents outside. We'll, we'll just camp in National Forest and then work construction all summer, save up money to go traveling and uh, kind of uh, scoping out these missionary uh, ideas for the other two guys. How many of you think that's cool? <laughs> okay, majority of you, sweet. Um, how many of you think that's not cool at all? <laughs> okay, I had this idea that it was going to be, uh, I was mistaken. I thought, oh, we'll be camping. And the, I was thinking about like uh, camping as a kid and camping, uh, having so much time. Like, oh, I'll bring a book to read. I'll bring my guitar to play. I never have time to play guitar. But when I'm camping, oh, I might have time to play my guitar. And I'll have, I even did this. I was like, I was, I was going to seminary at the time. I was like, I'll take the summer off, but I'll actually take a distance learning course. And in fact, I was like, oh, I'll have so much time that I'll have, I could take two distance learning classes. And it was like the whole class was on these CDs and then you would mail in assignments and, and do the class from distance. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do, have time to play guitar. I'll bring my prayer journal and have tons of prayer times, and it'll be just so great and wonderful. And what I realized was that camping is a lot of work. I miscalculated uh, the fact that after you're done camping for like a weekend, you come home, and then you have like a day's worth of work to catch up on laundry and all the dishes and drying out tents and sleeping bags and all that stuff. And so if you camp for an extended amount of time, well, then you have to do your laundry and you have to figure out how to clean yourself, figure out how to dry out your tents and stuff while you're camping. That's a lot of work. And so I totally miscalculated how much work this would require. I think I've told this story before at Sunday school, uh, and different, different uh, topic. But I was thinking about, like, oh, I have all this time to do whatever I want, and I'll have time to do prayer journals and play guitar. And what it really came down to is all this work it requires when you're camping. Away from technology, I thought, it's like, oh, I'm going to be away from technology. I have all this free time. But when you're away from technology that saves you time, then it really hurts you. For instance, if you're hungry and you want to eat dinner, how long does it take you at your house to eat dinner? If you're really hungry and you want to eat dinner quickly, 60 seconds in the microwave, a burrito, like two minutes to make easy mac and cheese, uh, a minute to like warm up a piece of pizza. Even if you don't even cook it, you could have a pizza delivered within 30 minutes. When you're camping and you're hungry and you want to eat mac and cheese, what do you have to do? It's like start a fire, go down to the river, get water, boil said water, uh, realize that you didn't do dishes from the other meal, do those dishes, uh, boiling mac and cheese. It just takes a long time. Cleaning up mac and cheese, finding a plate, and then cleaning up afterward. It takes a ridiculous amount of time. And so all your time is taken by l- doing the necessities of life. And so I'm going to argue today um, that technology can save us time for the things that are most important. So today you're going to hear this like balance of technology, but my thesis is when we're talking about stewarding our time and technology, that technology actually can help us Steward time well if we put the right things in our life first. So that's where we're going today. Welcome to the Mill Sunday School. If you're new, on all the tables are um, 
cards if you want to fill one of those out and give it to the people as you leave. There's a gift bag for you. And if you've been coming a few weeks, this doesn't have to be your very, very, very first time. If you've been coming a few weeks and you haven't done that, you can do that. Uh, If you you check a box that says you want an email, we'll put you on an email list. We won't blow up your email. We'll just tell you about important things that happen. Uh, If you want to call, there's even a box to check. I will call you, tell you more about the Mill Sunday School or a college ministry here. Um, so that's that if you're new. And if you're new, you should also know that we go over to Big Church, the second service at 11, and we usually sit together in section 10. Anybody sit in section 10? Section 10ers? Okay, good. And we're kind of doing this section community thing. So we're kind of in some ways not making you, but kind of saying, oh, it's important to sit in the same section and meet those people. We're going to be doing like after church meals eventually. That's this big plan that we have to kind of give it, get us more engaged as a community in our section. So anyways, those are announcements. Let's jump right into the definition of stewardship, which we talked about last week. We defined everyone at their tables, defined stewardship very quickly. And I said this, which I think was the essence of what we were saying as a group of what stewardship is, that it's managing what God provides, which is everything. Like we are a creation of God and everything on this earth, everything that is, was eventually, you know, thinking back like, oh, well, God created the stuff that we could use to make what we have. Uh, God is the creator. And it's managing what God provides for his glory. We talked about different categories of stewardship. And we didn't mention all these last week, but we said that um, usually in church, if, you're, if you hear a message about stewardship, it's these three. Time, talent, and treasure <laughs> are the usual ones. Are These are like the most popular ones. If you, if you just go out there listening to sermons about stewardship, you'll hear people talking about time, talent, treasure, time, talent, treasure, time, talent, treasure. Over and over again, these are the more popular ones. But last week we said, of course, there's a lot more categories than that. And we mentioned technology, which was just said. Very, yes, of course, we need to mention, we need to mention stewarding our technology. And it has a T with the rest of the T, so you gotta love that alliteration. And then someone, I think Jordan Lee was like, he's a med student, was like, we need to steward our bodies well. I wish that was a T word, but it's not. And then someone yelled out, remember last week? Temple. And then we're like, yeah, that's a T word, and it fits, and it's really cool. And then after Sunday school, uh, someone was talking about another T word. And because it's a T word, I'm like, oh, it has to fit because it just, it's just so cool. Uh, and we should steward our toys. <laughs> so I realized that there, there, I just put up six categories and they all happen to start with a T kind of because we forced it. Um, but time, talent, treasure, technology, temple, and toys are pretty big categories of our lives that we need to steward well. And of course, there's other categories, and of course, there's other subcategories, and it could go on and on in this chart if you wanted to create lots of categories. But last week, we talked about, I gave you these questions, and I'll give you some discussion questions today in just a second. Um, we, we asked the question, what do you personally need to steward well? And I pointed to myself, and I said, if I was answering that question, I would you know, list these categories for what I need to steward well. Uh, and I went around the room and I asked some tables and lots of people were saying again and again and again, technology or time coming up as the most important things that, that we as Americans in 2014 need to steward well. And maybe it's really hard to steward these particular things well, time and technology. So that's today's topic. And, and what I don't want today's topic to be, and I've, I've thought about this all week, is I, I don't want it to be a like a secular self-help kind of talk. 
Um, you can get secular self-help kind of things from motivational speakers, and they really do help. You can uh, get books about time management, uh, and those things really help. Those things are really good. But today's message, I thought, I only spend, uh, I only have about an hour with you every week as your pastor. Um, I don't want to do a self-help thing where I just talk about time management in a secular way, but I really want to um, drive this into our spiritual lives and how important it is to steward time and technology for our spiritual lives. So here's the question for you, and I want you to think about it in a spiritual sense. So at your tables, and if you're at a small table, jump on into a bigger table. Uh, the more, the merrier in this situation. Um, the discussion question is this. What makes stewarding time and technology so difficult? That's my thesis from what I heard last week that many of you, not all of you, but many of you were saying, out of the things I need to steward, these time and technology is probably the hardest, like again and again and again. Time and technology are hard to steward well for the Lord. So that's your discussion question. Would you talk about that at your table? Maybe list some things, assign someone to be a scribe if you want to do that. And then I'll go around with a microphone and get some ideas for all of us to share. So ready, get set, discuss. All right. Does any, did anyone say something at their table that was uh, thought-provoking, interesting, that they want to share for all of us? Yes, Miss Crow. Example, my um old one of my ex boyfriends said that oh, in order to do, you don't have to spend time with God to get closer to God. So like it's like the time where you want to do something else. It's like oh, but I need to read my Bible, and then they're like, then you get into argument with yourself. Like no, yeah. I don't need to do this in order to be closer. I'm glad to God. you're not dating a guy who told you that spending time with God <laughs> isn't important. <laughs> Yes, over here. There's fingers pointing to Megan or Jessica. Okay. Um, we said that there's so little time and so much technology. Mm, that's good. So little time, so much technology. And, and technology fighting for our time. Anybody else? Mike? Yes, Mr. Jason Spurgeon. So uh, I was saying that uh, technology can sometimes be a barrier in our lives, we spend a lot of time on our phones or watching TV or uh, Does anybody do that? Spend time on their television or phone? No. And, <laughs> like and no a, lot of that, a lot of our time just gets soaked up by, by the, the, the barrier of technology in our lives. And so if you are a little more intentional about trying to remove those barriers, then you will find yourself having more time. Yeah, so, good. Yeah. Like using technology for you instead of just being the recipient of whatever someone else wants to show you. Good. Mr. Tips. I'd say a lot of it can just boil down to an addiction to instant gratification. Yeah, good. Yeah, you, you have to know. Like, if your phone buzzes right now, what do you have to do? You have You don't have to, but you feel like you have to look at it. Like, what if there's a puppy stuck in a sewer and you need to go help right. it? Right. So that's what... Sorry. Aaron Higgins. So I think technology feeds our inner narcissist. So when it comes to social media, you always go, oh, hey, I got 20 likes on this. This is the most popular post on Facebook I've ever had. Now I need to top it. Yeah. And that, that's what it becomes. It, 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 and that's why it's so addictive. Why, why the next notification that you get, oh, maybe someone else, maybe someone important liked what I said on Twitter. Yeah, that's good. Or so retweeted it feeds, it. feeds our narcissistic tendencies. That, that's a perfect lead into this next slide. Hopefully you'll be able to read it from where you're at. Um, this says right there. Can you read that from where you're at? 
It says, it's the definition of enjoying a moment if you can't read it in the back. Previously, on the left, there's just a uh, picture of a sunrise or a sunset. And previously, nowadays, enjoying a moment is, of course, taking a picture of it on you know, Instagram or Facebook and hashtagging no filter, hashtag YOLO, hashtag God's creation, hashtag God's girl 23, hashtag whatever. <clears throat> Um, it does feed like this idea of like, oh, I have this moment. It's so cool. I want to share it with people, maybe for just a tendency of getting attention or I don't know. I, we, we can't really judge motives. You can only judge your own motives. But a lot of you at your tables as I was walking around said the technology is evil. How many of you l- l- tended towards that? Oh, it's evil. Um, it does. I, I, I read a blog. Uh, this week from a Christian who said technology can leave, lead to alienation. Like you see 10 people and five or six of them are all looking down on their phone. Like you see some people walking around, five of them out of 10, half or more, are usually walking around with cell phones and, and talking to somebody else. And so it can lead to alienation. It could lead to addiction. Someone mentioned that. It can definitely lead to laziness. It could lead to potential to sin. And it obviously, in a lot of ways, leads to wasting of our time. It's pretty cool when people um, take time to, uh, they could have a Facebook page, let's say, as an example, but they choose not to. How many of you could have a Facebook page, but you choose not to? One. <laughs> Jordan Lee. Hold your, okay, I see a few more. You were, maybe you were embarrassed. But I, see, I, I saw a couple hands. Daniel Grothy, the pastor of New Life Friday Night, has chosen not to have a Facebook page. That's pretty cool. I saw this on Facebook this week. Uh, a guy named Mark. I'm not going to say his last name. Don't want to embarrass him. But this is the ripping up and shredding of various video games. Obviously, in his life, he thought video games is taking up too much time, so he shredded them. Good for him. Why? why <laughs> you're like, why didn't he give them to me? I <laughs> That's not the point. It was a spiritual point to get rid of something that was distracting him in his life. And so he did. He got rid of that thing that for him was distracting him in a very symbolic way. Um, anybody remember, maybe this is just my age, um, but have like a youth group have the CD burning party. Anybody? No? Okay, I see a couple hands. Um, like you'd burn music that you, uh, that you thought didn't glorify God, you'd bring it to youth group, and then it'd be a bonfire, and you'd throw it in. And nobody else? Really? Okay, a couple hands. I think we should start having video game burning parties. <laughs> I, hear all, I hear booze from the guys, but then I hear girls' voices saying, yay! It's, whatever. Um, let's think about this. Let me give you one more discussion question. Uh, this will like really pinpoint it to where we're going today because I really want to make an argument. I have a thesis and I want to make an argument, which I kind of hinted at the thesis earlier and I want to make an argument, but this will pinpoint us to where we're going. Uh, what are distractions to us? Um, so what's a distraction to you? I would say what's a distraction to me that takes away time? Is that a grammatical error there? What are distractions to us that take away time? Um, that's the discussion question. So, so in some ways you kind of already answered this, um, and what makes time and technology so hard to steward, but be more specific. It's like what in your life, I would say in my life, what is something that I know this takes away a lot of time and maybe I'm feeling some conviction or I've ha- I have had some conviction to, uh, do this less. So would you talk about that in your groups? Ready, get set, discuss.
I, I walked around and heard quite a few responses. How many of you said uh, TV was one of your biggest distractions, a thing that takes away time? How many of you said uh, Facebook specifically? How many of you said just your phone, like being on your phone? Uh, lots of things related to technology. I didn't hear it walking around. I was like, I didn't hear anyone say, maybe it's because I kind of primed the pump about technology, but I didn't hear anyone say something non-technological that's taking away lots of your time. And maybe if you said that out there, then that's great. But here's what I want to argue. That we, um, we, I think maybe some of you, as while you were talking, felt this conviction, uh, either by what someone else said or through the Holy Spirit of just like, oh, I need to spend I need to think about, to, to manage my time, the topic this month is stewarding, so it's to steward our time in such a way as to create time for the Creator. We are a creation of God. Here's Michelangelo's famous painting of the creation of Adam. And God has created us, and of course our main goal, our main purpose, our main use of our time should be thanksgiving and worship to our Creator Instead of amusing ourselves, we should be pleasing the one who created us. And that comes in a lot of different ways. And, and I'm not saying that enjoying yourself, uh, watching a movie or whatever, is taking away from God. And it, it could, depending on wh- what exactly you're doing. But I love technology. Always and forever. If you remember the show. Here's my thesis. I want to argue that technology actually can provide us with time to be with God, to worship, to praise our Creator, to spend a quiet time with the Lord, if we let it, if we make it. And if we don't make it or let it, then then technology in our day and age will get us and will distract us. Think about, I'm going to list a bunch of uh, technological things and think about just for a second, how much time this provides for you? Like how much time this saves? Think about the invention of the washing machine. How much time does that save you in a, in a week? Think about um, this. You might just take this for granted, but think about how much time a flushing toilet saves you in your week. Think about that for just like if you okay. If there wasn't flushing toilets, we'd be like going across twenty five and you know doing some things and then coming back. Think about how much time a dishwasher saves you. Those of you that don't own one, you're jealous. You know how much time it could save you. Think about how much time just running hot water can save you. Think about how much time a thermostat can save you. If you didn't have a thermostat in your house or wherever you lived, you'd be, I don't know, making a little, st- like a stove and like a fire and a, fire, a fireplace. Think about how much time a microwave saves you, or even like a word processor, getting your ideas out and printing them. Think about how much time uh, the, the, your phone, your, the news on your phone saves you. I remember as a kid, we didn't have phones. I mean, just a couple years ago, we didn't have phones that could tell you the weather. And so to, to know the weather, you'd have to sit in front of your TV like an idiot for like an hour, just sitting there like an idiot, flipping channels, trying to find the weatherman just to say what the weather's going to be like next week. And now you could like hit a button within 30 seconds. I can tell you that Tuesday, tomorrow's going to be cold and windy, low of a high of 61. And then on Tuesday, it's going to be really cold. It's going to be low of nine degrees. And I was like, wow, I just, yeah. So now you know. But you could have all figured that out. I'm not, I'm not telling you something that you couldn't have figured out within 30 seconds 
And so think about how much time that saves us. Think about how much time all those technological things save you. We are living in a generation at a time where we have a ridiculous amount of free time. And whether you believe me or not, it's a matter of, I think I'm going to argue, it's a matter of our priorities of what we want to do if, if we're letting uh, ads and time being taken away with amusing ourselves with things on technology, well, then it seems like we're living in a very busy culture. But really, in any other time, I just all those inventions I listed, I think uh, um, about the last hundred years or less, um, like before a hundred years ago, or in other third world countries, without washing machines and flushing toilets and dishwashers and running hot water and thermostats and fridges and microwaves and word processors or news on your phone, like all those things that all those things that just listed saves hours every week, which should enable us to make time for God. And that's kind of, that's the thesis is that technology can help us create time for God. And my argument is that we should make it. We should do that. We should, we should use technology in such a way as to spend time with our creator. And so I'll start off easy with the discussion question for you. Um, it's our last discussion question, so it's, it's pretty general. And for you, uh, this, is the dire- this is kind of where we turn, and we're taking a little direction turn in Sunday school this morning to talk about quiet times and how we should steward the, our time with God first, above all else, so that we're not distracted. But here's the question for you. What does a great quiet time look like for you? So maybe you've had one this week, maybe you've had one this morning, maybe you've had a great quiet time this month that you're like, oh, that's, you know, I really try to strive for that kind of time with the Lord. What does it look like specifically for you? Would you take a second and maybe go around? This this particular discussion question might be better if you you broke up into groups of three or four uh, so you could all get a chance to share. But would you share? Ready, set, discuss. How many of you at your tables said that your a, a really good quiet time looks something like this? Do you do coffee in the Word? You wake up in the morning, you have your coffee, you have the Word. I, I would argue that, here's what I'm going to argue. Any quiet time is better than no quiet time. Any consistency is better than no consistency. Being consistent praying before a meal, if that's like your quiet time, like, oh, consistently I pray before a meal, then that's great. That's a great place to start. Uh, if you, in your car, uh, listen to worship music instead of kilo, like, oh, that's, that's great. That's a great start. That's a, that's a great quiet time. And if you're consistent with that, then that's good. That is time before the creator. Here's what I'm arguing. We, we live in such a world where we we really are busy and we kind of make ourselves busy because of the technology and, and the, the so much going on at the same time. But if we plan times with God, then we will have times with God and we will have those quiet times. And so in some ways, this message is kind of like a January 1st message. Like, let's, let's do quiet times this year and let's, let's recommit our quiet times. And I really think I'm talking to the right group. I'm not talking to a bunch of people that... Let me just brag on you. You guys show up at 9.30 on a morning. You could sleep in. And you're here. We jokingly call ourselves the nerds of new life. And so I'm going to stretch us a little bit and say, here's, here's, what a, here's what a quiet time could look like. Here's what a quiet time throughout history. The Christian church has done quiet times like this. And they're pretty intense. Um, going back to the days of Judaism, uh, when the temple was destroyed, 
believers would would or like order their day with a morning, uh, an afternoon, an evening, a night prayer, and then if you were really spiritual, um, you could become a monk or a nun and devote your life to Christ, and you could play, pray pretty much around the clock. This is what this picture is of, like these different prayer times every three hours around the clock. That's pretty intense. You'd really have to not be married to do that and to live a life. Just imagine waking up at your wife at 3 a.m. Oh, time to pray. <laughs> Get off me. Um, anyways, um, Times of prayer, in, in Acts 3, 1, it says Peter and John go up to the temple to pray at the ninth hour. So there was this ordering and structuring of a Christian day early in the church. So it seems like the book of Acts had this sort of structure already going on, that, that Christians would wake up and pray in the morning. They would have a meal and pray. They would, they would spend an afternoon. They had a quiet time in the afternoon and then in the evening. And then at night, they would have these devoted times to the Lord. And maybe they were just five minute long, uh, devoted times to the Lord. Maybe they were 15 minute times devoted to the Lord. Something I really do appreciate about, uh, Catholics, Catholic priests, is they have something called, uh, it's called a breviary. It's called, uh, they call it divine office or the liturgy of the hours. And so every priest, if you have uh, know of a Catholic priest or you see one, um, every Catholic priest, by their canon law, what they call it, has to pray six times a day. Every day, these six prayers, some of them are about 20 minutes long. There's one longer one called the Office of Readings, and it's, it could be like 45 minutes long. And so every day, there's this order and structure to a day and to, to bring prayer into the day, to start off the day in prayer, to end the day in prayer, to, to do these prayers all day, six times a day, not all day, six times a day. You have your whole day, but six times a day you make these times to pray. And so er, when, uh, New Year's last year was rolling around, I was like, man, I wanna, I wanna, um, devote my life to prayer and to be known for, to prayer and to make time for God first. And I thought, if, you know, if a Catholic priest, a collar-wearing, rosary-toting dude can do this, then I could do it. And so I, t- I, I tried, and I did it. Um, and I realized that how I've been doing it since January 1st, uh, haven't missed a day, and I realized how hard it actually is to devote uh, these prayers six times a day to the Lord, these offices of readings. It's, it's like different readings of scripture, different prayers, a hymn at every time, uh, an introduction, uh, these, these certain, uh, they call them canticles, these, these like, uh, it's like Mary's song or Zachariah's song in the Bible. Anyways, lots of information here for you. But this idea of praying, ordering your day before the Lord, and it, it predates Catholicism. It, pre, it goes back to the early church and this ordering and structuring of day and having different times to pray during the day for the Christian. And it's really hard to do that. And every single day, I will often at, at bedtime be in bed and be like, oh, I forgot the evening prayer. And now I have to do the night prayer. And I, today, this afternoon, kind of got away from it. I forgot to do the afternoon prayer, the evening prayer, and the night prayers, and now I have to do all of those prayers, and it takes a long time, and I really want to go to sleep. And it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to not set aside those times to pray. I'm just kind of sharing my own little prayer journey. And I found this quote in, in doing these, these uh, the liturgy of the hours. Every day has a um, kind of like a person, like a saint who has lived before, and you read some either writings from that person or writings about that person. And on November 4th, to give us our nerd alert, (laughs) 
was this guy, Charles Borromeo. If that sounds Italian, it's because it is. Um, and that's his, his quote of the day is on the back. His, his, the sweet quote of the day is by this guy. And he says this. He's, so he's just kind of talking about doing the office of prayer and dedicating your day to prayer. And by the way, if you're interested in that, there's lots of different ways to do that. There's uh, like the Anglican book of prayer. There is uh, lots of different like just structures for quiet times and prayers that are very helpful, at least to me, in just organizing and structuring my day for prayer. You don't have to do the, the specific one for that the Catholic priest does. But anyways, this guy says this. Charles Barameo says, um, here's the longer quote. Some priests complain that as soon as he comes to church to pray the office, that's what I was just talking about, or to celebrate a service, a thousand thoughts fill his mind and distract him from God. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you in prayer. You go to pray in a thousand, yeah, of course, we've all had that. Um, but what is this person doing in preparation before he came out to do the prayer or the service? How does he prepare? By what means did he use to collect his thoughts to remain collected? Would you like me, so this is the quote, would you like me to teach you how to grow from virtue to virtue and how, if you are already collected at prayer, you can be more, even more attentive next time. And so give to God a more pleasing worship. Listen, and I will tell you. Basically saying, do you want to know the secret to having a great quiet time? Do you? Yeah, let's see what he has to say. It's the, it's the quote of the day. He says this, if a tiny spark of God already burns within you, do not expose it to the wind, for it may get blown out. Keep the stove tightly shut so that it will not lose its heat and grow cold. In other words, you ready? Avoid distractions as well as you can. I think that's what that's the evil of technology. Maybe evil is too uh, strong of a word, but that's maybe the evil of our day, the evil of technology is the beeping and the buzzing and the, the constant reminders and things coming in during the day so that when we go, when, like, when we go to pray, it's like the first time, like, oh, just God, I, got, I got a second here to just gain, gather my thoughts, and it's just all these thoughts coming into your mind. Avoid distraction. And that, that probably means something different to every single person in here. But avoid distractions. How do you do that? Well, it's, he says, stay quiet with God and do not spend your time uselessly. It's like there's a lot of that when it comes to technology. If we use technology, like I'm kind of arguing the thesis of today, is to use it for us and to use it to create time to spend with God, well, then that's what we're using it for. That's a good thing. But if it's this, if it's this thing that's just always there before us, distracting us, showing us ads and, and, and just there to amuse us, well, then that's taking away our time. To conclude, I want, I'm kind of stealing a, um, an analogy from a secular um, source. Stephen Covey has this great, I think I've, taught, I've kind of shared it here before. It's the secular idea of um, putting your life together, how you order and structure your life. And the analogy is this. You have some rocks, some big ones, some sand, and some little rocks. And if you try to put those all into the uh, glass jar there without any order, you might start with the little rocks and some sand and a big rock and a little more rock. And then and you realize very quickly that there's no way you can get all of that stuff, the sand, the little rocks, and the big rocks, into the jar. But, of course, this analogy that uh, I'm kind of stealing says that if you put in the big ones first, 
It's a pretty famous analogy. If you put in the big ones first, if you put in the things to your life that really matter, and I, the, the argument, the thesis for this morning is that our time with God, quiet times with God, times before him praising and thanking him are of the most important things that we could put into our life. If we put in those big rocks first, and then the smaller ones, and then the sand, it's crazy. It'll actually all fit in, even though it doesn't look like it will. This idea of ordering and structuring our lives, our days, first with the things that matter. So if that helps us in any way, um, kind of manage our time and technology, that's the solution. That's the answer. To go before the Lord first, to structure our day. To, I mean, I, I think it's kind of crazy to think about doing this, but to, to, to make appointments with God in our fast-paced, busy world of setting time. is like, oh, I can't do that now. I have to do this. And, and that is what I've created, been created to do, to spend time with the Lord, praising Him. So I'm going to make time to do that. So I imagine, um, I don't know, it's kind of a heavy, big message this morning. So let's go before the Lord in prayer and, and see what he would want us to do. Let's be quiet before him. Let's feel the weight of, of what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. And in some ways it might just be change. In some ways it might be a continued, renewed uh, presence before the Lord. So Father, we come before you and we um, want to give ourselves first to you to your ways. Lord, we don't want to fill our lives up so much that we, we can't hear you whispering to us. Lord, we want that. We want that above anything else. Lord, we structure our days before you in ways that matter to you, that we'd, we'd fill up our day first with the most important things to us, being with you, spending our time then on, on other important things, and then allowing amusements to come in. And, and, and Lord, would you keep distractions at bay in all of our lives, in my life? Would we be a people of the Mill Sunday School that are people that give you our first and best with our time, with our technology? Lord, that may we use, would you convict us to use technology in a way that, that can serve our lives for your purpose? So, Lord, we praise you this morning. We, we go out of here willing to serve you and, and maybe convicted about wanting to serve you more. Lord, we, we bring before you our offerings, and it is a joyful thing for you to receive. And, Lord, may you get rid of any um, conviction that is not of you. And would you hold us, Lord, to this, this place of peace before you that we can come before you with praise and thanksgiving and honor. So, Lord, we praise you. We love you. And everybody said, amen. All right, friends, go in peace. Peace out. We'll see you next week. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the college and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.